Om Jnana Timuram Dasya Shalakaya Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Vedanta Sri Vasai Gaurabhaktivinoda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So, wow, thank you all for coming. I spoke this morning, I have a Zoom class, and you know, there can be a audience without a speaker. There can't be a, 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 a speaker without an audience. And uh, in the Bhagavatam, Prabhupada mentions when Lord Brahma, when Narada Muni asked Lord Brahma, who is God, are you God? Because Lord Brahma was so powerful, so inconceivably powerful. Kavi means one who is very intelligent. And he's Adi Kaviye in the, in the Brahma Samhita. He's the, the original, the most intelligent. And he's so powerful. And he was thinking, well, you must be God. It's like if it's an ant is on an elephant. It's so vast, they can't imagine anything greater. But he had one doubt. He was performing austerities. If you're performing austerities, it means you're not God. Because it means you're doing something to get something that you don't have. And God has everything. So he says, I don't know, are you God? And then... Lord Brahma became so ecstatic because he could explain who is God and he said Narayana Paro Veda Narayana Prada Narayana and Prabhupada said that's the basic missionary principle the gratitude that a speaker feels when people come in here because he's completely dependent on that for his service in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu there's two services that one could do Sadhu, one is Parishavana and one is Paricharya. Paricharya means Kadaba, go get the Chamara fan and you know <laughs> you, you can you can you know do you can and that's great. But but the service of hearing is even better. Because the service of hearing also engages the person whom you're serving in in service. So there's a great gratitude that a speaker feels from someone hears from him. Just like what was what was Prabhupada's quality that Bhakti Siddhanta was so pleased with him. He noticed that he likes to hear. I myself, I love people that like to hear. Because it engages me. And I was also talking in, 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 in this morning 
that this quality of bhakti is what? It's all based on absorption. It is nine process devotional service. You can do any one and attain perfection if it absorbs you in devotional service. And I, 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 I love analogies and sometimes I make them up myself. So I made up an analogy of why, and I'm actually, I'm writing on it next week. I'm writing an article just on how bhakti works. But the Monday article that's coming out tomorrow, it's groundbreaking. <laughs> it's, it's a viral one, I know that. It's, it's not, but, but I'm working on another one for the following Monday. I'm kind of like ahead. How bhakti works. And I had this really interesting experience in India on how bhakti works. Because when you communicate, communication is really, you know, bhakti is not an easy thing to communicate. What is bhakti? Is it, is it an energy? Is it, is, is it an energy? Is it, is it a practice? You know, what is bhakti? And, and I had this, this, this simple example. What is that noise going on? Are they cooking? Is that the cooking? Okay. I had this example that it, it just struck me that this is such a good way to explain what is bhakti. And the story is, if any of you come to India, you're welcome to, it's a fact, I'm the only one that knows where the flower gardens of Vrindavan are. Because if there's bhakti, there's two things that are important in bhakti, food and flowers. Because they're the things that you express love with. So Vrindavan has 5,000 temples. Where are the flowers? There's a little black gate, and if you open that black gate, there's thousands of acres of flower gardens. Very good. I think, I think I got she brought half the world here and she's not here. <laughs> so if a, 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 a so I was in the flower garden so this flower gar gardens and I was sitting with the Molly and when I was sitting with the Molly, the gardener, and we and I was talking to him, my friend, and then his grandson came and whispered something. And then he ran away. And I said, my God, where is he? So I followed him. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I saw a calf being born. And where I grew up, there were no cows. <laughs> there were no trees. <laughs> I joke, but I'm coming back here to the village where I was born. <laughs> and in the village where I was born, the most famous book written about it was A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. A famous book. It's like a big event. <laughs> so, what to speak of seeing a cow? I probably never saw a tree before. <laughs> in fact, when I was coming here, driving here, and coming, I said, where the hell am I going here? This is depressing. Nice that we came to a nice apartment. That kind of like relieved me. Um, but what was so? So I saw this calf being born, and then 
the calf got up, it was spread eagle, and it kind of moved. It's, I couldn't believe it. And then it went for the cow, and then it went for the milk, and then there was this like, the, the calf was, you know, the, the mother was licking the calf, and the calf was taking the milk. And I said, voila. I didn't know if you know I spoke French. <laughs> Many languages I speak. <laughs> I was recently with a, a friend in Colombia, so I was trying to impress him. So I said, uh, ¿Cómo estás? He said, oh, you know, three words. <laughs> I was faking everybody. You can fake them with three words and then pretend. <laughs> Two. <laughs> so I said another one. <laughs> I said, hola. <laughs> so, um, so I saw that, and then, then I understood, like, this is another way to understand bhakti. And then it hit me, because I saw there was this definition of prema I read. The definition of prema was the, love is the, the natural energy between two people who have a relationship. Then I remembered the Tathatira Upanishads, where it also said what? It said that's what the world is. Rasa Vai Saha. It means the ultimate reality is pleasure and pleasure is love. And then I remembered some English saying, love makes the world go round. <laughs> this is it. This was the essence. This energy. And feeling it. And that is what's called the Priyogena Tattva. When we have philosophy, there's three aspects of philosophy. There's basically metaphysics, a description of reality. Then there's a method of realizing reality. And then there's the goal of the result of doing so. In Sanskrit, it's Sambandha, Abhide, and Priyogena. But what, then I said, like, what is the priyogena? Priyogena is love. So what is the priyogena? It's not an understanding. It's a feeling based on an understanding. You have sambandha. The first thing is sambandha. You have to have an understanding of reality. If you don't have an understanding of reality, you're not going to have a relationship with reality. You have to have sambandha. Sambandha is... That's why 80% of Shastra is Sambandha. Because unless you have an understanding of reality, you can't have a relationship with reality. And if you don't have a relationship with reality, you can't feel reality, which is love. In the Bhakti Sandarbha, Jiva Goswami says something very interesting. He says that this Sambandha again, this foundation, what's our Sambandha? Reality. What's our reality? It's God and God's energies. That's our reality. So he said, this is 80% of Shastra and it's, it, it's, it's called Siddha Pradesh. It means instructions that will give you perfection. And he gives an example of it. He gives it the example he gives of it is just like you're searching for a treasure. There's three aspects. You have to... You have to understand the value of what you're going for. You have to understand how to extract it, and you have to understand where it is. But the most important is where it is. 
if you know the method of extracting it, you know the value of it, you still don't get it. If you know what it is, and you get there, okay, you'll struggle a little bit, but you'll get the result. So, there's this sambanda, this, this description of reality, which is Krishna and Krishna's energies, and because our reality is personal, then there's a means of understanding, which is love. But what happens when you understand reality? When you understand reality, then you feel reality. Without understanding, you're not going to feel it. Krishna says that in Bhagavad Gita. He says, Aham sarvasya pravavo, atas sarvam pavartate, iti bhutva bhajanti mam, buddha bhava samadha. I am the source of the material and spiritual worlds. The wise who know this engage in my devotional service. So, so, and that was my introduction. I had some inspiration. I was describing, when I come up here, I really, what I generally do is I say, these are the choices of what I can speak on. And then I see what people are interested in. But I lost my train of thought, but there was some, there was some reason I was going into that direction, but I hope it was interesting. But somehow I lost it, but um, I, was, I started with the audience and thankful to the audience and then it went, went on in this way. But I didn't have like a, if I had a seminar in a, uh, in a university or something, I'd have a particular subject. There's different types of, 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 there's different types of retreats, there's different types of seminars. Generally, when I do retreat, he was mentioning in the Bhakti Center, I did educational type of things. I did the Upadeshamrita, the Sikshastakam, and different things. To me, when we, get, we, we gather here, I want to give something that you take away, some reflections, but mainly retreats that I do and programs are more experiential. There should be an experience, an experience by just the absorption. I started with that, the absorption. Okay, I'm going to go back to that and see where I go. <laughs> I, 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 oh, it was nine processes, yes, it was nine processes of emotional service. And, uh, okay, now I got it all, I remember it. There's nine processes of devotional service, but I was being grateful for the audience because it engages me in devotional service. It not only engages me in devotional service, but engages me in a way that I'm completely absorbed because when you have to produce a thought, it, it, you know, you're engaged in, in kirtan speaking, but the mind is so absorbed, and that's how you advance. That's why nishta leads to ruchi. It's a, I, I thought of another analogy for this. Just an original. <laughs> I was up in the Himalayas. You know, I know the water in New York is good, but still, I didn't. New York had famous water, and I realized that when I first went to Los Angeles. <laughs> the, the water that came out of the tap, I couldn't believe it. New York had good water. Maybe upstate. What? Maybe upstate. 
I used to. I'm 72 years old, so it goes back when America was a rich country. So, I am the taste of water. So what is this? I am the taste of water. Then I was in the Himalayas, and the water was coming before it went down to the plains, and, and, and it was tasted. And then I realized, and this was another beautiful knowledge, is why does nishta, when you're fixed, lead to ruchi? It's just like water is tasty when it's just water. And devotion is tasty when it's just devotion. That's why it says the spiritual master finds the ways and means to engage the disciple in devotional service. It's all about absorption. When you get absorbed, that's why one of my god brothers, almost like a mentor, he's so wise, he said, the taste you have is your door to bhakti. Because when you get absorbed, you get that feeling. So I'm saying when I'm speaking, it's such an absorption. It's such a, that's why I'm, gr- I'm grateful that people come. I'm surprised how many nice people are here. It's an absorption. And the analogy that I thought, which I think is such a good analogy to explain this, and it comes from a verse in the Yoga Sutras which describes what is practice. Practice has four things. Concentration, without any interruption, over a period of time and in the right mood. That's when there's realization. That's when, that's when realization of what? Of bhakti. What's the realization of bhakti? The pleasure of bhakti. The inspiration of bhakti. That this is my goal. This is what I should be doing. So I thought of a nice analogy. And it's like, go back to a science fair in the sixth grade in PS 200. <laughs> it's like a trauma here, I'm thinking. <laughs> First PS 200, then PS 272. And my high school doesn't even exist anymore. Oh. <laughs> and I was the first student in the high school. It opened and it closed. It also closed when I was going there, too, for the riots. It's famous, they had riots, so they closed the school. So in the science fair, there was a little analogy in the science fair, and what was the analogy? The analogy, if there was a piece of paper, you have a magnifying glass, and the sun shines through, you burn the piece of paper. But it doesn't burn immediately. It has to be concentrated there. And that's what bhakti is like. To get that realization, there has to be concentration, there has to be absorption. That's why we have this concept in meditation. If someone's serious about meditation, they have a time and a place for it. Even if you're working and you don't, can't do it all, some, a time and a place. And, and there's a seat, and what does that seat represent? The seat represents that this is exclusive. I was so impressed. I, there was one pe- person in Colombia. He used to be in the ashram. He's a very, very nice person. He went out and he started his own yoga studio. And he's such a great guy. And he, he came to see me and, you know, we talked and we joked. And, uh, but you know, he, you know, he's mostly, you know, he's 
practice is mostly yoga, but it's it's from six in the morning to eleven. Hey, you're getting something. Some so asana is you sit, and it's exclusive. And when you sit in exclusive, asana becomes upasana. Upasana means worship. Unless you sit and concentrate, it doesn't become worship. And what does upasana mean? Upa means near. Asana means sit. You're not sitting near God. You're not sitting near God when you concentrate. It becomes upasana. So this this was my commentary on my gratitude for you being here and giving me an opportunity to engage in devotional service and be absorbed. Because then, then, then it, 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 if, if you, you know, this, uh, I wrote about this, C.S. Lewis, he, he wrote a thing called The Training of Faith. And he, and he said that people don't leave a spiritual movement intellectually. Like when Prabhupada said we didn't go to the moon, okay, a few people left. <laughs> You know, it's not the way it works. He said what happens is if you don't renew faith, it recedes. If you don't renew faith, it recedes. You forget why you're... Because what is faith? Faith is the inspiration. And what is the inspiration? The inspiration is the experience. There's two aspects of faith. One is the experience and one is the understanding. You trust something because of experience and because of knowledge. And, and it's a combination of those. But the, it's, really, it's really the experience. But you may come to the, the experience, and that's what bhakti is. That's the faith. And what's the experience? That this is good. And Prabhupada gives the best definition of faith. Unflinching trust in something sublime. That's your faith. The sublimity of that experience. And then, that becomes your goal. That becomes your goal. And that's the greatest tragedy. The greatest tragedy is if you have the wrong goal. Because either you're frustrated that you don't get it, or when you get it, you really get frustrated because it's not what you thought. I am, you know, America's next top model, and I'm depressed. You know, I'm the, you know, I'm the wealthy. I won the this or whatever it is. There was a, a, a TV show when I was young to discourage people from having the faith that if they get a lot of money, they'll be happy famous show and now I'm always frustrated now. Wherever I go I'm the old I'm not frustrated. I don't mind being I'm always the oldest person. Even when I'm talking to old people now I'm the oldest person. <laughs> I'm sitting in Colombia on the new land that we have and Julian, the you know the guy that you know one of the five richest families who who he was a yoga student. He used to come and say hello to me. I didn't know who he was. And then, you know, he's inviting me to his coffee plantations. Oh, this is so exciting for me. The coffee plantations. Somehow I didn't make it. Next time I'll go to the coffee plantations. 
So it, 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 we're buying some of his land. And uh, yeah, I was meant, okay, I got it. And, and you know, like, oh, this guy's an old guy, and you know, like, thinking, how old are you, 50? I might like, be my kid. <laughs> it's like, I'm getting old. I'm getting old. But the, um, I'd say I lose track of something, so I'm influenced by the atmosphere, so I yeah. come back to my condition and wanting to be a stand-up comedian. <laughs> <laughs> so I break down to jokes and I forget the point. Where was I at? Come on. Tragedy, tragedy. Oh, yeah, the show about the wealth show. and how nice. That's it. So uh, my frustration was, is that some of my good jokes, it's like people don't know who it is. <laughs> I need Arjuna to sit here to laugh in the corner. <laughs> he's the only guy that knows. But it was your show called The Millionaire. And at the beginning, it would say, you know, John's, you know, John symptoms of first, you know, a millionaire, and he gives... You know, and at that time, a millionaire was like, it was just like wow, it was like a billionaire. And, and, and Mike would come in, you know, really, it was his sister that says, Mike, you're next millionaire. And then the next thing you know, there's a, there's a knock on the door of a dysfunctional family. And, and he gives out this million dead. This is a cashier's chance for $1 million from an anonymous, you know, oh my God, we won the millionaire, we're millionaires, oh my God. And then you watch to show how miserable they are. <laughs> the fam, you know, that that's, it doesn't work. So faith. So you have to have faith. That that's the most important thing, is to have faith in the right goal because that's where you'll move according to your faith. That's why the distance to the spiritual world is only our faith, because it's all desire. It's not. It's not that you get to the spiritual world by, by, by pantastu koti, by going millions and millions of miles by the speed of mind. Pantastu koti satavatsara sampagamyo vayor atapi manasto manipungam. It's not that you get there by that. It's another dimension. And, and, and you get there simply by desire. And what is that desire? Faith. And what is faith? This is good. How good is it? Well, I appreciate it. Just like Leela Brindavan came up in the subway from Union Square. It's one of her years in college and she saw like the, the Harinam there. And it seemed interesting. I don't know the whole story. I, I know she can tell it better. She saw the, she saw the people there and, and she said, no, this is nice. I appreciate it. All of a sudden, she's sitting there every day. <laughs> it's so good that I will be with these people. That's faith. Then it increases. It's so good. Adao shraddha tatasadu saga bhajan. It's so good. I will adopt the practices. It's so good, I start giving up the things that are no value. It's so good that I'm nishta, I'm fixed. And fixed doesn't mean you're chanting Hare Krishna all day. Fixed means you're always 
fixed on God's will. What his will is, his service. Fix may even be an attachment (laughs) to make you peaceful. And then comes then comes Ruchi. Then comes our taste. Then comes our taste. So it's this absorption. And then in this faith. So, so what C.S. Lewis said is people, when they go, it's because it, it receives the memory. The memory of the understanding the memory of the experience. And therefore it has to be renewed. I'm still in my introduction. I haven't got to the <laughs> class yet. This, this is, is, is what at least what why I'm happy about the kind of programs is it's to have the experience, have the absorption. You know, just from the uh, my absorption and your absorption. And, and you know, and, and as a speaker, as my service, if I ever see, because the purpose of, of when you're a speaker, you, you have to create one mind. You have to create one mind. You have to feel that. You have to feel that everybody's understanding the same thing. And that kind of absorption that comes, that experience that comes, then it renews, renews our, our, our goal. That's why, you know, books are so important to get the goal and the, the experience. That's why, that's why one of my main services is Vrindavan. I'm building a little, little ashram there. There's some rooms, and and just because the experience that people can have there, the experience of walking around Govardhan Hill, right, Kaylee? You like my little ashram there? Yeah, I love it. It was great, right? Mm-hmm. You you was like the center thing with Vikram, and yeah, you had the, but it was great, right? To remember going to Barsana. We, we we went to a place Terkadamba and we walked for, we walked on the path from of Radharani from Jawit where she got married. We walked beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not it's the experience. So that was my introduction. Now let me just I see you. That was my introduction. <laughs> now you got a choice of what I'm gonna speak on. <laughs> I had three ideas. I had three ideas. Okay. Okay, these are my three ideas. Let's see if I remember what they were. I was gonna I was I was gonna tell the story of Venu Geek. But then I opened up this book today and it started discouraging me from higher ideals <laughs> and explaining it. It was like the first thing I read, I'll show you. It's, um, what were some of the titles? I just picked it up and, um, The 
death blow to the Sahajiyas. <laughs> Imaginary perfection is self-deception. Smarin, subservient to Kirtan. Follow the will of our Gurudev. Not to listen to Ras Lila Kata. Not to interfere <laughs> with the higher Lila. Not to live at Radha Kund. All the things I do. <laughs> I have to... So I say, okay, maybe not Venugi, but I explain it in a way. I explain it in a way that's kind of... It's a way to do it, where you don't go forward. You don't go forward unless you actually... So that was one thing I was thinking. The other thing I was thinking of reading... One of my favorite stories, I have many favorite stories from my book. Anybody get the book? I have a couple of copies. You can just take one if you like. Um, I'll read one of the stories. And then this morning, we were, we were, I was lecturing on something that was just so interesting. I was reading from this book. It's Follow the Angels by Bhakti Raksha Sridharmaraj. Prabhupada lived with him. He lived in Prabhupada's house. When he was a sannyasi, he stayed with Prabhupada and they studied Bhagavad Gita. And I had met him once. And he's such a, so faithful to Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. And uh, he, he has an ability to conceptualize and express philosophy. And I was just reading it this morning when I was giving class on the way here. And... Uh, so powerful what he was speaking. Just the first sentence. The all-powerful factor is Seva. We must want everything for his satisfaction, not our satisfaction. And it's so interesting because it seems like, wow, this is no fun. It seems this is no fun. But what happiness is, is love. <laughs> It's when you act for another is when you get happiness. And I was talking this morning that a class that, a class that um, my Sheshabru gave, I, I forgot what it was about, and he talked about, it was some self-motivational principle, but it was so interesting that the person recommended whenever you're unhappy, find someone to serve. Because the unhappiness lies in the false ego. It lies in the conception, I am the enduring controller, that takes you away from the soul, which is devotion, compassion, gratitude, humility. It takes you away from that. So here he's saying that is saver. We must want everything for his satisfaction, not our satisfaction. So, oh my God, how is this? Happiness is working for my satisfaction. What is this? But, but, but the switch to that is to switch to the heart. And it actually works. And then I, w I was talking about when I, this is, when I was in the um, Kali, the preaching there is so interesting. So I, I was talking to the president of the synagogue whose wife is my disciple. And He's a really nice guy. He doesn't mind as long as she does the rituals. He doesn't care what her internal thoughts are. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm very close. I, I, she always wanted me to talk to him. I, I was talking to him. I was 
kind of impressed. He's a businessman, and he has a place in Miami, and, and you know, in Panama, and he's expanding. And I was asking, are you going to move to Miami? He's, you know, he said, no, I'm going to stay here. But the one thing that disturbs me is the disparity of wealth. In those countries, the, the, the wealthier people, they don't even sometimes think. They don't even, it, here it's kind of, you don't see the disparity. There you see it more. And, and then he was talking about a concept that he was into called conscious capitalism. So it's a good concept because even though we know the Vedas that there's a Vaisha class, there's a productive class, it's maybe 10% of the population, but they produce for everyone. And even in the modern world, there's, an eco, there's people that have, in any field, art, artists, sports, or something, there's always about 10% of the people that are good in something. So there's 10% of the society is good in, in production. So you, you've got to encourage them. So you, you can't wipe them out, then everybody loses. But in the same sense, if the disparity is too great, then the people will revolt in a way that the whole thing gets brought down. So this concept is really good. You, 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 you have to be conscious, not just of your production, but of, of the people in general. So it's kind of a nice balance. So, but the point I was making, he, he was discussing a very nice thing, how he instituted in his, his office, where the whole office participates, and I forgot what it was but in some kind of charity sometimes thing. And he said how happy the office was. Not just with jobs, not just with making money, but with service. So I'm just thinking, I, this is such a nice thing. The all-important factor is Seva. We must want everything for his satisfaction, not our satisfaction. And then he talked about the spiritual world, the land of dedication, and this world, the land of exploitation. So it, it, it's uh, that, that, and, and we, we never got to finish that section and, and um, we're up to the sentence it was so interesting and, and it even went into the the land of dedication the gradations of that kind of mood of service and how the highest mood the highest mood is the gopis and then he went into the highest verse of the shikshastakam the last chapter, the, the last chapter of the Chaitanya Charitamrita is very, very interesting. Lord Chaitanya, Lord Chaitanya is reflecting on his life because it's the last chapter. And what does he reflect on? The two aspects of his life. Tasting the truth and distributing the truth. So he's reflecting on it. And what does that mean? It means he's reflecting on the holy name and the power of the holy name. Because that's the way to taste the truth. That's the way to dedicate oneself to the truth. He's reflecting on that. And that's where the Shikshastakam comes from. He's starting to reflect on his mission. So what does he think? Oh, his mission, Cheto Dharpanam Marjanam Baba Maha Devagninir Vapanam Shreya Karaiva Chandrikaran Vidya Bharu Jivanam. He's reflecting on it. And in that reflection, 
he goes higher and higher in his faith and higher and higher in what that holy name does. It brings you through the whole stages of devotion till he comes to the highest mood of the gopis and then reveals with his verse, Aslishyava Padaritam Panastumamada. What does that mean? You made me brokenhearted by not being present before me. You may crush me by your embrace, but still you're my Lord. Life, and, and, and life after life. It's complete dedication. And he reflects on it. And, and it comes from Leela. Because, you know, Krishna in that rasa, you know, sometimes together, sometimes apart, increasing, you know, the... the uh, Srila Gorgo Vindamaraj, my godbrother, explains prema as the, as the, the, the uh, like a river that's flowing so strong because it's this energy, and the highest pleasure is when this energy between you and God, not just a cow and a calf, but between you and God, this energy begins to flow, and that's the ultimate reality and that you're feeling this connection. With God, it's universal love because you're not only feeling connection with God, God is Advayam Gyan, he's, he's inclusive of everything, and you're feeling that energy. I keep on going off on tangents, and then I forget to someone bring me back to life here. You were reading from Following the Angels, your said the land of dedication and the land of exploitation, and then you talked about the Shikshastika. In the Shrikshastika. Okay, so so he, he he's talking about oh yeah, so you got me there, I'm back. The the, 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 the this love, this river of uh, so it flows and it needs two embankments, union and separation. So you always see this even in Krishna's pastimes, he goes to the forest, the people in Vrindavan are feeling separated in, in the village and then he leaves the forest and all the leaves wilt and there's union and separation and Krishna leaves and and, and then Lord Chaitanya how he's practicing his, his devotion he's chanting the holy name again how is he realizing how is he realizing Radha's love and showing us how to realize the highest love. He's absorbed in the holy name, and he's feeling the holy name by absorption in the holy name, but on a very high level. And, and, and as that love is flowing, and he's feeling so absorbed, then Sarup Damodar would begin to sing songs of separation. And Ramananda Roy would be telling stories of separation. And then he'd be feeling the separation and that, that river of prema would begin to flow. That river of prema is flowing. And then he's so absorbed in, in the separation. He's feeling so much separation. Then all of a sudden, Srimadamadar starts to sing the songs of union. Radha Krishna Prana Mora Yugala Kishora Jivani Marani Gati Ayodhahi Mor 
Kulindira kulikeli Kandambera ba So like that, it, it, and the, the prema, the love is it is it is flowing. So Lord Chaitanya, I mean the 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 separation. So sometimes. Krishna disappears from the gopis, like in the rasa dance. He disappears, and then they go mad, and their, their love is, is just, they're talking to the trees, and where is Krishna? Hey, Radhe, Vrajadeva, Kechalalite, Hey, Nanda, Sunokuta, Goshantaviti, Sarvato, Vrajapure, Separation. And then, when Krishna is doing this, and the love of the gopis, the love of Srimati Radharani, she's just Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. She's so much emotional. And then Lilita and Vishaka, they tell her, why are you with this person? This debauchee, he's such a cheater. He lies. That's why in the Bhagavad Gita, the commentary by Vishwanath Chakravati Thakur, Manmano Bhava Madhbhakto Madhyaji, worship me, remember me, I promise, I, I, you'll come to me, I promise, mentions promise twice. And Vishwanath Chakravati Thakur said, why is he mentioning it twice? Because everybody knows old Bridge Bhasti's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> so he's such a rascal. This Krishna is just such a rascal. He's just such a rascal. And he, and he leaves, and, and the girls are telling him, why are you doing this? Why you should be with him? Leave this rascal. He's no good for you. And then Krishna just says, and then Radharani just says, Ashli Shiva, Padaratam, Parastamam, I don't care. He's my worshipful <laughs> Lord. Life after life. So he describes that land of dedication. It goes to the point of Radharani in the highest point. So interesting. I thought I would even speak about it today. I haven't decided yet when I'm going to speak. <laughs> you see, it's the Brooklyn influence. I'm up here. Yeah. And I, I got the jokes, and then I'm talking about the gopis, and the L train goes by. It's just like, what the hell is this going on? <laughs> but so when we free from this is the point we're up to. When we are free from exploitation and posted in the plane of service, dedication, then hate is eliminated, and we embrace everything. And he describes jnana is hate. The path of jnana is hate. Jnana means we have to hate. We have to hate this, not this, not this, not this. So he said the path of jnana is to hate. You hate the material world. You hate all these things. So he said, but unless you get in the land of dedication, 
There, hate is eliminated and we embrace everything. Only in the spirit of dedication, only the spirit of dedication can make it possible to embrace everything. Exploitation has no possibility and hatred comes from exploitation. Dedication makes everything and everyone our friend. We don't want anything in return, so everything will come to us. When you, you're completely in the mood of dedication, then who is your father? It's Krishna. You're completely dedicated, and everything comes. There's a verse in the Brahma Samhita that says, everything comes. It's such a challenge. Because we have so many samskaras, so many, they're in there, the illusions of, of, of things we can't give up that we know will not make us happy. That's the material world. We know they won't make us happy. But even though it's intellectual, but from the core of our heart, no, I'll keep it. <laughs> I'm speaking from realization, unfortunately. No, I'll keep this. I'll keep this. But it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. That's why in the Bhagavatam, the prayers of the Kurura, he says in the, in the material world, something, Duratmana, something, it, it's difficult to overcome. And the reason it's difficult to overcome is because we've been doing the same thing life after life after life. And it doesn't work. Just like one time, my mother was on the phone with my brother. My brother's been going to nice guy. I like my brother. My older brother's a very nice man, very kind-hearted person, gentle guy. But you know, he's going to a psychiatrist for like forty years. My mother says, "Well, maybe it doesn't work." <laughs> And then they started talking about maybe trying religion. And my mother said, well, like, she's what idea we have. <laughs> she recommended me. <laughs> but the point is, the point is, it doesn't work. We don't want to extort our selfish desires from everything, not even from the environment. Vishva Purna Sukhade. The Maya bodies and the renunciate indulge in hatred. In hatred they indulge in. But the devotee is just the opposite. Karmis exploit and the jnanis hate. The devotees embrace everything but with reference to the center to Krishna. In the Krishna conscious connection, Krishna's sambandha, everything is embraced. Oh, he is my friend. I can utilize him in the service of Krishna. Sometimes even a flower will remind us, oh, take me to Krishna. Because when Krishna goes into the forest of Vrindavan after he blows the flute, out of love, every flower in Vrindavan blooms and says, Krishna, take me. And Krishna accepts every single flower. Krishna accepts every single flower. And how is that possible? Well, if you believe in God, what is not possible? 
What is not possible? Every grain of sand in Vrindavan, Krishna stands on. When we are fully established in the plane of dedication, everything will help us and remind us, oh, go to Krishna in an all-friendly atmosphere. All can be acquired. It is full of devotional spirit, the spirit of dedication. Hatred can have no room there. Hatred is in the temperament of the renunciates, chaga, mukti, kami, and not the bhakti. Anasaktasya vishayan yataram upayunjita sambanda nirbanda krishna sambande yuktam vairagya uchate. When one is unattached but simultaneously accepts everything in relationship to Krishna, one is exact, actually situated above possessiveness. So I have one small paragraph. Then I'm going to open up for reflections. And I only got to my introduction today. I only got to the subject. Um, in speaking, there's a principle which I got from this book by William Gladwell called Blake, called Unconscious Competence. He didn't say that, but that's what the book was about, Unconscious Competence. And the intelligence works at a much higher level. That's why it's not good if you're going to give a lecture to just have every note, blah, 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 blah. There's a way, you, you, you have to have a, a map of where you're going. And uh, since everything is in connection with Krishna, how can I hate it? In the acme of dedication, there is only love, Rajat Rindavan Bhav, and preaching. Preaching is Sankirtan. Preaching is real service and not just counting beads. <laughs> I'll keep that in perspective. <laughs> service. Because Mahaprabhu and Gurudev ordered, I have, to, I, I have to chant the name, counting the beads. I must do my duty to the Malika, the string of beads. The Malika should not fast. That was the word of Prabhupada. Really, such nice philosophical points so deep okay let's see if anybody has any reflections any point that you took away from the class Cinder, okay. Cinder. Uh, well first I was nice to see you yeah yeah um, I really like what you were reading about the flowers. Tulsi uh, Rani and I used to make flower vases in Mayapur when we were there, like, I don't know, it was like almost 10 years ago at this point, which is crazy to think about. And well, when you think 50 years ago, well, really yeah. it's crazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, but until now, when I'm walking around, I'll still see like a nice like flower or like a nice leaf, like some green leaves, and I'll think, oh, those would look nice in Mahapur's vases. I think she thinks, yeah, anyway, so that's... And that's beautiful, because actually, yeah. you st look how you're seeing the world then, right? It's yeah. the flowers saying, take me to Krishna. Yeah, exactly. And that's the mood of dedication. You're, you're saying, take me to Krishna. It's one of the, the few samskaras that I have that are positive. <laughs> that I, like, see them, like, it's enlightening. It doesn't happen very often, but, yeah. That definitely made a deep impression. Wow. Um, but something else that you were reading... Um, 
I don't know, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and the other night we were kind of having a conversation about this, but um, what you're talking about, like devotees hating, not hating, I feel like sometimes, I'm sorry if this is like kind of like a heavy question, but um, I feel when when people get like attached to the principles, then they use that lens to hate other people, other devotees. And I find that very disturbing when like people, um, I don't know, we kind of like, hold on to like rules and regulations and then use that as a lens to judge the people who are around us. Even to the point where it gets to that point of hate. And I don't know, I guess I don't know what the question is. But I understand that it's, I think it's, it's, a, it's a good question. I think we should explore it. I, I know that people in the, uh, the worst temple for preaching is when someone comes or someone goes and they come back and the first question people ask is you know, how many rounds you're chanting or for these kind of things. Mm -hmm. um, I think this, I, I, I don't know where it's going to go but I'll start someplace. It's just like in the early days of the movement, you know, Prabhupada said, he said a very interesting thing, he said my god brothers criticized me for many things but one thing I agree, I gave young men sannyas. And he said, well, what can I do? When there's no trees in the forest, the popular, the, the castor oil tree looks big. But as a result, what happened to that is there was people that were struggling with, you know, sex desire. And it was sanya, so it's a little patriotical, patriarchal. So who becomes the enemy? The women, mm -hmm. right? The, the, you know, so the, the hate becomes projected from one's own struggles. Um, and then there's different types of people and some people in their, their, their weakness, right? The weakness, there's weakness of, pe of people, of particular personalities that their ideal is to be right, to be righteous. Mm -hmm. And when, when that becomes the ideal, then, um, I, I can't connect what I'm trying to connect, but the, the, the root weakness is, is anger. You know, and, and, and yourself, that you're not up to it, and then other people that are not up to it. it it's, um, it's not really the way, you know, the Vaishnava should live. But I think you also have to say that, I'm, I'm somehow not really, I wish I can conceptualize this more, maybe a discussion if will. But... Um, I, I want to just, I'm going to take five seconds of silence and think if I, I I'm trying to think why this, why this is like that that people
Yeah, it's just, you know, one finger at another, then three fingers at yourself. Uh, please come down and visit us in Colombia. <laughs> really, it's just so non-judgmental. <laughs> but, 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 you know, we have our morning program and, you know, the people there, but... And it just creates such a nice atmosphere where people come in and out, and, and uh, it's uh, yeah. And it's hard too because I I think also it is. This is just another thought I had. I was dealing with one person who came forward very strong in devotion, and then kind of move back and I always myself what I try to do is generally what I try to do is push a person back because once they start going back then then spiritual life becomes guilt and then coming to a temple becomes guilt and that's not a good spiritual feeling so sometimes pushing someone back just starting new you know just come and where Prabhupada said, what, just add, just add Krishna consciousness. So it's a fine line. You know, it's a fine line where, where, where we know standards, we know things, and, and you know, and sometimes in life, it's so just interesting, you know. We, we have our own struggles, um, but, uh, you know, a nice thing that, that I, a nice statement, we don't judge a person on the past. We don't judge a person now. We judge them in the future. And that's really what a bhakti is. And they see that once someone comes to Krishna consciousness, Prabhupada actually said this in the Bhagavatam. He said that when someone comes to Krishna consciousness, and they'll struggle sometimes, you know, it's such a so funny, you know, someone's criticizing someone else and then, then 10 years later, they're there and they're there. It, it goes. People are, are, you know, our path is like this. We're struggling. We're finding so many things to... to um, but, um, yeah, we should judge people in the, in, in, for their future, not... And Prabhupada said in the Bhagavatam, he said... When someone comes to Krishna consciousness, there's something called rasagraha. There's a taste. And therefore, they're never the same as somebody else. They're never the same as someone else. And I've seen that in the movement, that, that people, great devotees who, who've given their lives. Like, for example, one thing that happened in the movement, because Prabhupada was so powerful, he lifted people up to such a high level of dedication. But it was beyond, it was beyond what their actual capacity was. But it was Prabhupada, he was like, it, their level of dedication was so... And then when he's gone, what happens? Like that. And it's even predicted in the Shastra, you know, that there'll be trouble when the Acharya goes. But soon, you know, then you see, of course, those people get older and then, then they come back. You know, so which point of their existence do you want to do you want to judge others, and and what point of the existence do you want to be be judged? Because, you know, that person's up there, he'll come down there, and the person down here, he'll come down there. Gorgavindamard said, "Those who are unfortunate become fortunate; those who are fortunate become unfortunate." 
So it's uh, it's kind of uh, you know the Vaishnav view is, is really on the highest level. It's seeing everyone who's serving Krishna greater than oneself. Because there's two things: there's the intellect and there's the feeling, and therefore they say that one who is a uttama bhakta. He's only coming down to the level of judgment to preach. It's not his feeling. But as a teacher, sometimes you make distinctions. You know, this is, this is the person who's higher. This is the person who's friend. This is the person. And then intelligently, you deal with people. But their feeling is their mood as a devotee is everyone is serving Krishna better than me. That, that's, that's the nice mood of a devotion. You know, you just have that, that love. So the Uttama comes down to Madhyam. So I guess, let's see if we can phrase your question, okay? Let me see if I can phrase it. Um, why do devotional societies become judgmental? Or why do people who... who why do people who are following... Why are they judgmental of others that are not? Or that are, that are following but not to what they... To, to what they are. Yeah, or what they think they are. What, what, they can, well, it's not one person. I think that's the thing. There's yeah. m- many reasons in the world. One is, is the common one is ego. The, the, the des- what is false ego? It's the desire for superiority. And that can manifest, that can be... In other words, what I look at is the false ego can appropriate anything. Like Prabhupada said, one person said, um, oh Prabhupada, I'm the most fallen. Prabhupada said, you're not the most anything. (laughs) So what happens is, is the false ego is there and it appropriates. It appropriates everything in its service. So why won't it appropriate that I'm a better devotee than someone, or I'm following more strictly, or take the point. So that's it. It's uh, and, and I, I guess it's it, it's it's like uh, the material is like a prison house, and you know people are being purified, and and, and you know I, I one thing I, I saw that was really interesting too. Uh, I'll tell this just a, like a, a story is that Burijan Prabhu, you know. He lived in the house of Braja Bihari and Ananda Vrindavaneshwari. Ananda Vrindavaneshwari was Radhanath Swami's disciple, so she went out on Prikram. She went out on Prikram and they went to Govindakund. And Govindakund, what, you know, what a pastime with Krishna and the whole thing, you know. It's so rasa, so rasika, so many leelas in Govindamada Vindrapuri, and, and, and the, the Abhishek and, and so many things. And then when Burijan. He told me this story. She came back, so he called her up and said, what did Radhanath Swami speak on? He spoke for two hours on being servant of the servant of the servant. <laughs> so I just thought is, you know, and these are, you know, Chopati and they're, you know, the class and the, you know, the Indians and so high class. But why have to emphasize that? Right, because people f- forget the essence that it, it, it's not to lord over people, it's to serve people. So anyway, it's an interesting question. Yeah. You have any realization why? 
about that? Yeah. Um, I mean, what you just, uh, based on what you were just saying, um, the other day I was at the Brooklyn Temple and I saw Gopal Champa Prabhu, yeah. and he was telling us that um, he's writing his Vyasa Puja for Vaisheshika Prabhu, yeah. his offering, and the title of his uh, offering was uh, Your Seva Will Save Ya. <laughs> and I thought that was really nice because, you know, like, I was think I've been thinking about that recently, and and uh, yeah, you know, like or, you know, like that humble, like that your service will, will save you. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Marsh. Thank you. Nice to see you again, Lila. What do you have any reflection? I do. Okay. Did you read you? my mind. <laughs> well, I know you. <laughs> You're yeah. reflecting on everything. <laughs> That's one of the things. Um, yeah, I guess I was reflecting on you were first sharing about the energy of love between, you know, the soul and God, and that it's inherent. And well, I didn't tell you this, but <laughs> Yamuna and I got a puppy. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm so judgmental now. You have no <laughs> oh my gosh. I completely condemn you. <laughs> but when we got the puppy, I actually I just thought about that point because it felt like the like affection just flew was so inherent and natural. But then I was thinking that like it's so inherent and natural when there's like a living entity that's like physically before you, you know. Whereas to me, at my level of realization, you know, my relationship with Krishna is like pretty much theoretical. So, most of the time, at least. And so I just was thinking how it feels like in our spiritual life, like even though that's the inherent nature of the self, I don't have this like tangible experience and reciprocation with Krishna the way I do with like my husband or my pet. And you. I hope you don't put that in the same category. <laughs> <laughs> but, just, but the reason I just thought about it was because it was so like tangible. Yeah. No, I understand. It, it, it's love makes the world go round. It's between beings. Yeah. And there's relationships, and dogs are loyal and they're cute. So yeah. Anyway, I guess I was just thinking about how sometimes it feels like my relationship with Krishna is theoretical. But then I kind of appreciated the point of like why guru is emphasized so much because it's just like a real person that you actually serve and and then I was just very grateful to have you in my life. Thank but, you. Um, so that's just my reflection. No, and that's actually the philosophy that the relationship with the teachers and the Vaishnavas is our relationship with God. And that's how it appears to us in that way. But what you should have told me is we got a guard dog. <laughs> it would have been easier for me to accommodate my sannyas, Hare Krishna. Or the guru is not living with us with any more we get a dog. Well, that's what happened, Maharaj. You were empty in your absence. <laughs> Thank you, that's a nice reflection. You, you have some reflection on the class? I, I, I did, I'm trying to remember now. Um, I, I liked what you were talking about 
in the beginning, I mean, throughout the whole, even though you kept on going on tangents, I was appreciating all of your tangents. But um, this point of how um, that, that river of bhakti and kind of just like wondering, when's that going to happen? <laughs> like, when am I going to feel like drawn to Krishna? Like, kind of like Leela Saints. This can be theoretical. And I, I especially appreciated the point of how we have to constantly be refreshing our, our faith through experience. And that's something I've been reflecting on and lamenting over because I feel like so many of my experiences that keep me going are always in the association of advanced devotees and in the Holy Dom. And that like I haven't had that over the past few years. That's why I was like, don't I know my spoon to get there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I need to <laughs> because it's not the same over like I mean I it still keeps me going to listen to recorded lectures but yeah. I've just been missing the experience of directly hearing from devotees so I'm just really grateful for you. for today's experience of being with you and hearing from that's you a, that's amazing I, I, I really I, so fired up today I really <laughs> the audience with my people I, I can't <laughs> It's, um, well, you know, I have to say that uh, we have to have an ideal and we have to incorporate that in our lives. I think the pandemic was great and then hard. Great that it increased the hearing, but then you can't eat the screen. <laughs> you know, you can't get food like that. You can't associate devotees. And there is something too, but I think that, um, Look at the ideal of what an ideal society was. Like, go, go to Gorlila. Four months of the year, it's the rainy season. Everyone did Chaturmasya. Four months, they dedicated themselves to God. You know, so, I, I always say this, for, you need times of the day just for God, but you need times of the month just for God. Kavasis, Bhattabhatiti, Bhakti, and you need times of the year just for God pilgrimages. And as you know, Vrindavan is so special. I mean, Joe Kaley and Krunapurna and his daughter, they came to Govardhan. I'm trying to make nice places. Now, it's still not fixed yet. Now, finally, it takes Vikram a little while, but now we're gonna get those. It's just the experience that people had and where, where you know, when you're in the Dham, I always say, why is Vrindavan the whole the spiritual world? Because the only place you can live in when nobody in the city has a job. <laughs> <laughs> and when you give class at 4 a.m., it's not, you know, it's Saturday, it's any day. Who knows when the weekend is there? <laughs> People just come for classes and the, the experience. And then when you have those retreats, we had such a, a retreat we had such a retreat there in, in just Govardhan and, and was, I mean, my God, the, uh, I'll just show you this, just one of the kirtans we had, which is just, it's almost mind-blowing. 
Um, no, but it's just that constant association and the sadhus and the, the it's just like, whoa, it's just something. No. I know. I have to work. Uh, give her some pasta. No, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. Maharaj, it was such a surprise. I, I literally thought you were going to be on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> I am so grateful that I came. So okay. thank you. And we'll be in touch. Okay, we'll be in touch yeah. this week. Okay. Thank you for coming. Thank me. you. Bye, everybody. Bye. I met in Vrindavan. <laughs> I can't wait to come back. You do. Let me just show you this one thing. This is unusual for me to keep on going. I usually, I, I don't know what's, I think just I was traveling on the night flight and I'm still wind up from that. So it comes into this. But Sri Rupa, it's such a nice program, right? The, the, crowd, the people, it's just, it has like a, a, a special, I just, let me just find this one thing. I just love this. It's just... Wait one second. Okay, here it is. Look at so much. I love this. It's a super good retreat. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll go for... We'll go. It's 107, we'll go to 115, then we take Pusadam. Okay, here it is. It's coming up. Run there, and then how okay, we do this? This is a, a bhajan about Radharaman. Radharaman is everything.
one more. We'll have fun. We have such a team. We have the best kid in us. And then, after that, absolutely, we had the, the best facade you can imagine because there's these brahmacharis maybe this bit independent, not too independent, but enough to go out and do their own thing. And they got this land and this Pisadam facility in the middle of the fields near Radhakun. And you can just call them up and they'll deliver the best, huge tiffins. I've never seen like tiffins like this big. <laughs> and they even had fresh cow's milk with chicory. And we ordered Italy's and coconut chutney and sambar and and then the, the Iranians came and they brought all these exotic <laughs> sweets and yeah. we and we have such feasts. Right, Joe Kaylee? Every night, right? And then after that Vikram would take you to get what's that called? Um that 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 food that should be banned by the American Heart Association. Which one? <laughs> 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 huh? I mean, no, yeah. Alu tiki. Yeah. Alu yeah, tiki. Yeah. There can't be anything anti as anti Ayurvedic as alu tiki. <laughs> and there can't be anything as good as I, uh, <laughs> alu tiki. I, I had twice when I was there. I just thought this. It's not age appropriate, alu tiki. <laughs> it's just so good. Yeah, my place is right, right, the sweet shop, and we bring all the things, and now, Govard, I'm really got outrageous. They have a, a, a an organic juice bar. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and we had that. Yeah. We had that, right? One yeah. time they brought, I think, for that. Yeah. Now, I'm going to show you. I mean, the samosas were cooked in ghee. They were what a... Now, this is what a feast looks like. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's what a feast looks like. The person who's hosting Jonathan's wedding, this was a feast in honor of his father that passed away. His father was a very pious man. When he passed away, he gave $40 million to Catholic charities. So I thought he's a, so I, he told me what to do. I said, well, we'll feed the Vaishnavas. So it was an incredible feast. That's his father. I'll show you how, yeah, that's, that's the Iskand place there with the, such a nice place to feed all the Vaishnavas. 72, still going strong. <laughs> These, I take my hand and I squeeze them as hard as I can. And like a half a cup of sweet sugary juice comes out, then I eat them. 
Now I'll show you. This is this is fun. Well, you know Indira. <laughs> well, I'll show you this. This is great. There's this one really young girl. I'll show you her kirtans too. And. Is that something? Oh my God! But I'll show you. I'll show you how she does kirtan now. It's amazing. at the festival and her mother was wondering you know will I be able to participate and she was there chanting like such the whole festival okay let's take Basada now okay and I'll, I'm going to hang around but I, I don't know this is such a fun.